What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, your host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show, Miss Mimi Shoneman from Remax Results. Hey, Mimi. You walked into the studio and the sun came out. Look at that. Oh. <laughs> I know. You're just a ray of sunshine. There you go. It's my birthday week. Oh, is it? Happy so, birthday week to you. I know. Yay. So maybe that's all part of it. Exactly. Yes. Sunshine and rainbows from Mimi Shoneman. <laughs> Also, I'm going to put purple in my hair this week. You should do that. Let's it would be that. a good highlight for you. I It'd think be very so. complimentary. Very complimentary. Right. Or some teal. Mm-hmm. Some teal would look good on you as well. So. I actually think I actually think hot pink would be better. Ooh, hot oh, hot pink. I like that idea. Coming in with the fashion advice, Mr. Phil Olson. <laughs> I appreciate that as well, Phil. Phil, I, uh, can we get your, uh, your NMLS numbers and get some shout-outs to Cross Country Mortgage real quick? Absolutely. NMLS 238103, company NMLS 3029, Cross Country Mortgage. You know, pink is not just for chicks. Oh, you could do some highlights too, Phil. I'm looking at that little stash thing you got going on. I'm <gasps> thinking pink might work. Yes. You got to gotta awesome. be producer make sure Sonny, that you're not wearing yellow, though. We're going to ask Producer Sonny, uh, who is also a barber. Can you um, help Mr. Olson with some dye? Oh, I sure, I sure can. <laughs> well done. <laughs> we got a plan all worked out, and we just started the show. Hey, I Phil, can clip him up, too. Let's <laughs> clip you up, give you some dye. Oh, my oh, gosh. And we'll video it and put yes. it on our Facebook page. Ooh, we should do that next time we're doing a fundraiser. Phil, you're stuck now. Uh-huh, Phil. <laughs> you, you dye your hair pink and your stash, and I'm <laughs> donating $500 to some great charity. Yeah, I don't know I what. I love it. I love yeah. it. We got you, Phil. <laughs> I, I think I might actually, I might actually just do that. Listen, he would just like five hundred dollars. <laughs> if I pay five hundred dollars, I want to be painting too. <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> we have a professional on staff that can assist you with that. So Listen, it's all going to work out. I have staging and all kinds of d- design experience. I uh-huh. think we could paint a little m- mural up in there. Okay, that works. See, all these things. Yeah, You're, you awesome. are a champion. You mm-hmm. are a champion. So you know, we're going to cover some great things. We're going to do a continuation of our last show when we were talking about some no-nos out there. But um, I know we want to start with kind of an idea of what's going on in the market, right, Mimi? Yeah, okay. So I'm just going to tell everybody out there, put your boots on Mm -hmm. because it's the wild, wild west. And I'm not even joking. (laughs) So, you know, I had a call um, yesterday that from an agent that said, you know, would X, Y, or Z be enough to get an offer accepted? And Here's what I'm telling all of my buyers, and this is true. If your maximum qualification is 300000 and I'm going to ask Phil to give me an amen after I finish this. If it's 300000 you should not be looking at anything over two seventy. dollars okay. if it's brand new on the market. And Phil, can I get an amen? Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And why is that, Phil? Uh, well, this last week, I had a buyer that offered 535000 on a $510,000 home, and they were not even in the running. Mm. It is crazy out there. Yeah. So when we're seeing like these exponentials over price ranges in the 300s, we're not joking. And this is happening. And, and I'm going to tell you, I saw in Highland Park, and I almost couldn't believe my eyes. I had to wipe them and make sure I wasn't seeing things. 
I saw a house that sold for over 150000 over their, their list price. Wow. 150 Over the list thousand. price? Yes. So, you know, we're not kidding. We want you guys to get houses. But yes. if you're picky, this is not going to be... You're going to be sad <laughs> all day mm-hmm. long. Phil? So I'll give you some good news, folks. Your average cost per thousand right now on a conventional loan, because interest rates are between two and three percent, is about four dollars per thousand. Okay. So if you do make that offer ten thousand over list, your payment's only going up forty bucks. Okay. Then again, if you make it over twenty thousand, then your payment's only going up eighty bucks. So. I mean, with the low interest rates that we have, and that's really what's causing this. I mean, you've got, you've got super low interest rates. You've got the cost of brand new construction that's skyrocketed. So you, you've got people that are wanting to buy homes between 200 and 350, but there's limited inventory. And Mimi and I, we've been talking about that for weeks. And personally, I don't see that going away. I have a question, though. Like, how do we do that when you're in a position where what the house appraises for? Like, how does that? Oh, yes. I'm just confused. I'm just going to say let's give a a big round of applause to all of our appraiser people out there because they are killing it. Um, You know, how do you chase something that you haven't seen? Um, And that's what they're having to do. They're having to to make adjustments based on what else is happening in the market. Right. And so, you know, how do they know if, if, if you've got comps that show this, that, and the other thing, cause now this house, other houses are going for so much more. So do they have to adjust? Like, how are they doing that? So say that question one more time. So if we, let's say you have an appraiser cause they look at other houses that have sold for a lot. So you're saying that there's so much change in the market that the appraisers are going, well, a year ago it was this, but right now it's X. How well, are they right we, now? Okay. They're probably using 90 day comps because okay. it's moving so fast. Gotcha. Okay. Phil, what are you seeing in your world? What I'm seeing is appraisers are also using county and city data to help support the comps. Okay. And when you've got a city that's appreciating at 8% over the last two quarters, uh, okay. they're then able to use that data along with, understand when an appraiser appraises a property, if it's a single family home, there's more leniency. They're able to go farther out. Okay. But if they're using a townhome or a condo, there are they are somewhat stuck. Because if the if the condo association has two or three hundred units, normally there's five or ten properties that have sold or have already been listed on MLS, and they're kind of stuck with that debt. Okay. But if you own a single family home, you, they're able to go out based on the guidelines. They're able to go out farther to find those those comparables. And because the market is so hot and moving so fast, and so many homes are selling. They're not having a, a real difficult time finding that data unless you have what's called a unique property. Okay, exactly. So, you know, you can do the comps by going out, you know, any increment at all. Okay. You can do a radius. Uh, we usually start at about a quarter mile from the house and then bump it out to a half mile and then a one mile. Okay. And you should, within that radius, be able to find 
something else similar properties that have happened within the last six months but if you can't then you see the appraisers go out a little farther like four uh, or five miles or something two 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 (laughs) okay so if you're five miles it's probably a different type of neighborhood yeah you're, you're out in rural and so if you're out in rural and it's a unique property perhaps you can go anywhere. Okay. You know, whatever they need to do. Mm-hmm. Just like your rectangle house. Or right. Your octagon, <laughs> that octagon house. house. Like, I don't know. Where do we find another one? They might have had to go to Oregon to <laughs> right. get that one. So who <laughs> exactly. knows? Yeah. Someplace funky. <laughs> right. They're like, where else do the hobbits live? Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Miss <laughs> mm-hmm. Shannon, I'm going to tell you right now. You're just glad I didn't buy that no, house. I, I, here's the thing. <laughs> now that I know you, I actually think that house would have been awesome I for you. I would have lived in that house forever. And <laughs> so I wasn't moved. worried about selling it. I was like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. So, no, yes. you're right. Yeah. Well, I want to tell everybody, give everybody a little tease. We have got one hot smoking house to talk about coming out of the second break we're going to feature. And if you're just curious what that is, we've got it posted on our show page. But you can also text 144486 to the number 25678. And we've got that posted because I know that's a lot of numbers. Mm-hmm. So, But it's a hot house, and you don't want to wait to look at it because right. the highest and best offer is due today at 6. Phil? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I've got a hot program I want to talk about, too, that's called Home One. And uh, I'm starting to use that program for higher income wage earners that don't have as much money to put down because there is no income limit restriction on oh, it. Oh, Okay. Well, tell us a little bit more about that. Did you say high income or low income? High income. Your area. We've talked about the area median income average being at seventy-eight thousand four hundred. Well, the Home One program doesn't have a restriction on income. So, if you're a first-time home buyer or you don't own a home, you can use the Home One program to go down for as little as three percent down. Now. Is there a slight drawback? Yeah, the rate is slightly higher. It's about a higher by a quarter to three-eighths of a percent. Okay. But for those high-income wage earners that don't have a lot of money to put down to purchase a home, it could be a great way to help them get into that next home that they're wanting to buy. And it sounds like that's happening more often than it used to because we don't have as much time for people to save up. So sometimes they're like, well, I got to move now, right? A hundred percent. Okay. Well, I also think that I think these counties in the state are a little bit behind on area median income average of 78,004, or excuse me, 82,400. Okay. I mean, making 82,400, I mean, it's, it's a decent limit, but it's not a lot of money. And at 82,400, when you're, when your average house price right now, I think what is what, 308 meaning? 310, uh, 320. 320, 320. Okay, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. But with that program, if you're over that $82,000 income limit as a combined family, that might be a great program to show that consumer. And so how high of an income can they have on that program? There's no limit. Okay. Well, we can talk a little bit more about that program Mm -hmm. when we come back for the break. Right. And you can also be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Call us at 651-641-1071 and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon. Happy to be joined by Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and also Mr. Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. Well, Phil, let's just hit it hard with this program because you teased us to death. (laughs) All right, so there is no borrower geographic limit, meaning 
they can buy anywhere. There is no income limit, all right? Home buyer education is required. It'd be a three-hour class online. You pay about 80 bucks for it, mm-hmm. all right? And it's required when the buyers are a first-time home buyer. Okay. They can use this for purchases and a no-cash-out refinance, okay? And it goes all the way up to 97%, which is 3% down. They're better off putting 5% down. They get lower mortgage insurance, a better rate, all right? Um, and it's it's a fixed-rate mortgage, you know, 30-year, so 20-year, 25-year. Who is this a good program for in your mind's eye? Uh, how about that doctor that makes $250,000 a year, but because their student loans, they're pounding down their student loans as fast as they can, they, they're buying that $400,000 home, and they only have $15,000 to put down. And they're going, oh, I, I'd love to be able to put down 20%, but I don't have it. Well, this program is specifically designed for that type of buyer or that type of family. They do get a reduced interest rate. It is a bet, it's a better program than a straight conventional and it's also a better program than, say, an FHA loan. Understand with an FHA loan, though, your maximum loan amount is about 350000 Okay. So um, this is just off the cuff, and you may or may not know this uh, right off the bat, but if you don't, we'll just put it on hold and talk about it when we come back from the break. Mm-hmm. But are there other programs that you can layer on top of this that would help the high net worth income earner uh, that would maybe even make this more attractive? Um, Minnesota housing, you could not layer on it. I believe there is a program with Woodbury right now. I don't believe there's an income limit restriction, but it does, this program does allow for secondary financing on top. So All right. For folks but out there that may not understand what that means. So in Woodbury, there's actually a program where you can get down payment assistance in addition to other programs that you have. And other cities around the the metro have programs, too, that kind of come in and out. Um, Phil, can you think of other cities in the metro right now that might also have a good program besides Woodbury? I think Ramsey County has one, but I don't know if they have money right now. I've been seeing uh, a lot of places that used to have money they've ran out okay and they're not they're not offering it or their their staffing levels due to COVID-19 aren't allowing them to um bring the program back okay okay well good to know so we want all of our people out there if you know somebody that this fits the mold for them we want them to reach out to us so we can start talking with them about this program and possibly getting even more money all you have to do is text us at 651-578-2218 text the word high net worth Mm -hmm. and we'll know what you're talking about right okay phil so last week we had i think just uh, just a wonderful show talking about Mm pre-retirement and big no-nos that people do and so we're starting to have some really good dialogues with folks uh, that are maybe within a five-year window of retiring and you know they're like oh shoot 
Right. You know, I want to think about this before I, you know, actually, you know, go into full retirement and can't and do anything. Fantastic timing for that, Mimi. I just read an article that, that was talking about how some of the other guidelines about retirement are changing as well. And I know that's something we're going to cover next week on the Health and Wealth Show because so much of this is changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, Phil, uh, tell. let's talk. start with a story about uh, one of your no-nos that may have happened in sure. the recent times. Yep. All right. So I, I have a client that called me, wants to buy a home. We took a full application. I found out that they were self-employed. Okay. And after talking for a few minutes, I found out that they hadn't filed their tax returns in three years. Ouch. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Ouch. All right. So what was the solution? I partnered with that client with one of my tax professionals. We determined what they owed. We filed the last three years. We set up an IRS payment plan with the IRS uh, that was approved by the IRS. And I was able to get him approved based on a two-year average of his tax returns here to buy a home in the Twin Cities. Oh, by the way, he was told by two other lenders, I'm not going to say if it was a bank, credit union, or what it was, they all just said, nope, we can't help. Mm-hmm. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. I said, I can help. Just not today, but this is what we have to do. And the client listened to me, and I was able to partner them with professionals that were able to help them. And this all transpired in 60 days. Wow. Okay. So for that client, for that client that's going, oh, my gosh, I want to make that offer on this house. I love it today. That's probably not going to work. But what, what is kind of the moral of the story we've been talking about is talk to us sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. Our pre-retirement people, like Mimi said, should be talking to us years out because a lot of planning has to go on. Right. A hundred percent. And so, Phil, I, I mean, I don't know that it matters to the story, but I am dying to know why did they not pay their, their, do their income tax returns? Um, I'm going to just say it came down to laziness. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay. So just too, I like your honesty. Phil. Too, too busy to do it. I would, I would always, you know, I would like to give that a roll one a time, but put that on my bucket list. Just don't pay, pay your taxes. I don't even want to generalize, but, but everybody, one time. That I, everybody that I know that hasn't paid their taxes, they happen to be dudes of certain ages. Like uh, I'm all like, you're like, my ex-husband was, I didn't pay my taxes. We're like, well, how? I, know, <laughs> I didn't right? know that was a thing you can't do. Who, who, who <laughs> has the courage to do it? I want to meet you. Right. I don't know. I'm uh, glad you worked it out for her, though, Phil. <laughs> so you sent them first to your tax accountant, mm-hmm. and you helped them get yep. caught up on their taxes. So they filed, and then yep. they, you, the tax accountant, I assume, put them, helped them negotiate a payment plan with the IRS? Yep. And then... Okay, so would that not be considered late? Would that not count as a late payment of some sort? You know, not not paying the not paying the IRS is not considered late, but it is considered late. The guideline says if you're behind with the IRS, as long as you have an approved IRS payment arrangement, okay, it's not viewed. It is not viewed as a derogatory on credit. Fair enough. So as long as I'm able to work with the client, help them with that planning phase, figure out what they owe to the IRS, and then get an approved payment arrangement through the IRS, the consumer can buy a home. Okay. 
Well, that is all new information to me. Exactly. Which, who would have thunk it? I would not have all had thought that at all. Yeah. Mm-mm. And so he had the money. <laughs> We're just going to keep talking about this. Now, now We're I'm, just fascinated with people who don't pay their taxes. You know, so it is my birthday week. Anybody <laughs> wants to call, say, hey, happy birthday Good. or what have you. Want to get on painting Phil, Phil's hair pink, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. You know, we're we're all about real estate here. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I need some new boots. Okay. I do. You want some new boots? I'll, I'll send you some suggestions. Give me just some coupons That's what I'll to send. DSW. No, I'm not going to give you a coupon. I'll Maybe send you a gift I'll card. Take, I'll take you out. I'll take you out. Shop. Love it. You will? Because and I'm going to send you a I love you. I'm going to send you a gift card from my favorite shoe website. You'll love it. Okay. Yes, I got you. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was telling uh, my husband that we need to work on some of this leather situation because it's looking kind of cruddy oh. after tromping through the snow. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need an upgrade. I need an upgrade. We need to glow you up. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's all about the all about the look this yes. year. Mm-hmm. Okay, Phil. So, we both believe that it is better if you're able to to buy first and sell second in this market we got one minute Mm -hmm. before we hit the next break why is your opinion about that well it really comes down to positioning your buyer to get an accepted offer and it is a total seller's market and when you're up against a lot of competition you going in as being a non-contingent offer and and structuring the deal mortgage wise that way, we found that the client our clients are getting far better results. Okay. Right. Well we'll talk about that contingency when we come back from the break and we'll also share with you our red hot house. Right. We're very excited to have you be part of the show. You can call us at six five one six four one one oh seven one. You're listening to the Red Hot Real Estate Show with Mimi Shoneman and Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. We'll be right back. Oh, we definitely help you next less oopses as least is what happens. Can we talk that second one? <laughs> I'm gonna wait on you. This producer signed it. There we go. Sometimes the computer just Listen, does what it wants to do. Listen, she was just over there dancing, and you know that's exactly, the situation. Exactly. So I, don't I take pride in my transitions. Mm. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it never well. happens. That's why I know not to blame you. I always blame it on gremlins in the machine. <laughs> Hey, you know, speaking of buttons that you need to hit over there, I know we want to hit our, uh, talk about our Red Hot House of the Week right now. And this one is definitely hot. It's probably going to go really fast, right? I'm telling you what, this one is so smoking hot mm-hmm. that on top of the roof you see all <laughs> kinds of, like, put, puffy clouds. <laughs> yes, we're... Yeah. This house is at 10828 Trenton Lane in mm-hmm. beautiful Maple Grove. And I'm telling you what. You're hitting my part of the hood now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This house is absolutely immaculate. We've priced wow. it at 320 Okay. And we've got multiple offers on it. And uh, it's amazing. So the millwork is this beautiful maple hard woods all throughout the house. Beautiful stainless steel package. Brand new carpet. Heated tile floors on the main level. A four-car garage. Shut the front door. Can I tell on you that one? How I know that this is a really hot house. You have pictures up of winter pictures of the house, and it still looks beautiful. Like, there you go. Like the fact that I'm like, you know what? I'm digging all of this stuff. I'm like, this looks good even in the winter with a little snow in front of it. It looks like the perfect place for you and your family. Yes. And so what we want everybody to do is to be able to take advantage of of seeing it now. But you can text one four 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 eight six. 
to the number 25678 to get all the information. And we do have that link posted up on the show page. It is beautiful. Absolutely. And, I mean, who is going to be the lucky one to get this house? Right. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Right. Seller is a My Talker. So oh, we love our My Talker let's sellers. Keep it all in the family. Yep. yep. Keeping mm-hmm. it right here with all the love. <laughs> and so if you're interested in that house, do not delay. Today is the deadline. And you won't be sorry. And again, that text number is? one four 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 eight six to the number 25678. And following the show, you'll be able to find that on the Red Hot Real Estate Show page on mytalk1071.com. Yes. I think we got a little bit of situation over here. Phil Phil seems to be looking for props or something. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> is he moving around? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. That's I'm the good. best part about working from home and being able to do this stuff is yeah. that I like that, too, because a lot of times you're like, hey, I just need to get this one more thing. <laughs> I just need a Coke. <laughs> Right. Pop fizz. Ooh, yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah, sandwich. Nobody will hear that. I don't, Snacks. I don't think you need any more sugar than you already have. Oh, yeah. I don't drink soda anymore. Thank you. I, I save my calories for more sophisticated uh, more adult things. things. Yes. I appreciate working with the two of you because yes. I feel like if I had... Uh, if I worked with a, a sister and brother, that's what I think is funny about t- working with the two of you when you're in together. <laughs> you're like, Mom, I'm going to pull the car over and tell you guys to stop doing that. You know, w- gotta- Wait till the summer. Phil be out in the boat trying to catch a bass or something. Oh, that'll be awesome. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. Uh, yeah, we're serious here. We're real serious real estate and mortgage professionals. Right. Um, but we, we, we want to make sure that people, I, I appreciate what we say because, hey, this is a, a lot of stress a lot of times trying to make sure that you can get through this deal and all of the things that you and Phil have to do to get some of these deals done. And so it's good that people know that when they hang out with you, especially our my talkers, that you're going to make it as easy as possible within the realm of what is doable, but also try to make this an enjoyable experience for them. You're not trying to make anybody's life miserable when they're trying to figure out how to buy the house. Yeah, there's no reason to have a gremlin up in no. your business when mm-hmm. you're stressed already. Exactly. Yeah, we do the best to make sure it's as stress-free as possible. Right. Phil, let's talk about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the question of the day. When we're talking about retirees, what are some of the key things that you've seen that they don't think of until it's too late that they should have thought they, of before they retired? Correct. They don't know how to calculate their income correctly. And because they don't understand all the different mortgage underwriting guidelines and they assume they assume that the money they receive can be counted. Now, I've got a great scenario here. I'm going to go into three different areas of retirement in one one actual situation. Okay. so I have a client. She went into retirement, didn't meet with you, didn't meet with me. Just did it. <laughs> right. She had she had Social Security. She was receiving alimony, and she's receiving four hundred one k income. But the question came down: Would it be enough to cover all the expenses? And she wanted to downsize her home from five fifty to a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar condo. Here's the main issues that came up when we talked and I reviewed everything. Her salary went from 149000 which is a gross income, okay. all the way down to a $55,000 net 
annual income. Now, had she bought it while she was still working, she wouldn't have had a problem. Okay. But here's, here's where it became difficult. The gross in- income went from $12,400 per, per month to $4,500 a month. Per her divorce decree, her divorce decree, she had alimony. But per okay. the divorce decree, it didn't continue for the next three years. It stopped in two years because at the age of 67, the spouse, ex-spouse didn't have to pay it anymore. Okay. She lost an additional $2,000 you're now at an income of 2583. And oh by the way, she missed out on the home, her perfect home that she wanted to buy, oh, no. that she'd been waiting for for a year and a half. Was there a solution? There is a happy ending to this story. Oh good. We we sold her home. I took her money. We paid off a bunch of debt. I had her live with her son for 4 months. I had her work with her financial planner to increase her disbursements through her 401k to show more income. All right. Mm -hmm. And at this point in time, it's taken about five months to do all this because once you change the disbursements of the 401k income, we have to show that that money is being received. Okay. Right now, right now, it took, it's taken five months. I've retooled everything for this client. And now they're out shopping for a house. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So that's the happy ending. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, did you say that she had had alimony and retirement and a child, like, stipend of some sort? She had Social Security. She received alimony. And then she received a 401k monthly disbursement from her 401k provider. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that... Um, that had a happy ending, but let's talk about some other things that maybe retirees should be thinking about so that they don't get into the same kind of situation. All right. Well, um, let's talk about where their income's coming from. I can use an example, dividend income. All right. They just went into retirement and they're now receiving dividend income and they received $25,000 in their first year of retirement and dividend income. Unfortunately, you need two-year history in order to count that dividend income. Okay. And you have to go with the two-year average. So for that person that's planning on receiving dividend income and they think they're going to be able to count it immediately, yes, they can count it, but they have to show a two-year average. So it's kind of And there like- are so many... Yep, go it's kind of like going from a W-2 employee, like retirement kind of starts to put you in the same thing as if you're an independent contractor. Is that kind of right? Okay, got it. All right. Not not as easy as just pulling out those W-2s. Right. Those are, those right. are happy days. Yes. <laughs> Much simpler <laughs> I remem- days. I kind of remember. Days. I don't really remember. It's been a while for it's me as well. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's really interesting since I'm just a, a little bit over 29. I know. Hey, I know. man. You I'm mean, hanging. Mm-hmm. Mm. You have you have a wealth of, of knowledge seeing as how you started working <laughs> when you were 11. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. All right, Phil. Now, one of, the, one of the ways that we can definitely help, say, a, a retiree you know, that's wanting to to purchase a home, a lot of retirees have a very, very large equity position in their homes. 
but they don't think of it as cash. Okay. So they'll call you, Meanie, or they'll call me, and they're going, Phil, I want to buy a house, but I don't have 20% to put down. Well, that's where, that's where maybe we look at a bridge loan, okay? Maybe we look at a home equity loan, okay? Maybe, maybe we look at money from a family member that's gifted, and when you sell that house, maybe you take care of that relative. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk. Let's let everybody know that may not be familiar with some terms. Define a bridge loan. A bridge loan is temporary financing that's going to be specifically used to pull home at money out of your home equity. And what is home equity? It's the difference in what you owe and the value of your home. So if you have $200,000 in equity and you want to put $50,000 down, we do a bridge loan to pull out the fifty grand, so now you have a $50,000 down payment. And so the bridge loan, does that operate a lot like a home equity or a refi as far as like costs and fees? Um, your bridge loan is slightly higher because it's considered temporary financing. What a bridge loan is used for is it gets paid off when the consumer actually sells their house. So it's commonly used in a buy first, sell second strategy because we're going to help them buy their home, use the bridge loan as their down payment, move them into their new home after closing, and then we sell their house and they pay off the bridge loan with the sale proceeds from the sale of their home. And so that's how you can take somebody that doesn't have a lot of money saved up and be able to help them take advantage of this great market right now is to be able to use the equity. So when we come back from the break, Phil, we'll continue talking a little bit more about things that retirees can do to plan for better success. Right. We can also take your call at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results. Also, Mr. Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage, helping you make some good decisions if you're moving into retirement before and making make sure that you do some of the right things. If you still want to buy a house. A hundred percent. And if you've got questions about real estate or mortgage, you can also email Mimi at mnredhotrealestate.com and you can get Phil at callphilolson.com. Um, Phil, let's talk about the trust income that maybe some retirees have that could cause them problems that they may not have thought about. That's a great question, Mimi. Trust income can, can sometimes be complicated. And one of the, where, where, First off becomes complicated is we go to the consumer and we, we say we need to see a full copy of the trust agreement. And sometimes they don't even have access to it. Somebody else has it. And sometimes that other person says, well, I don't want to give you a copy of the trust. Unfortunately, under mortgage lending guidelines, we have to get a full copy of the trust. Okay. We then have to read the trust agreement. Does that person that wants to buy this house have access to this trust? Sometimes it requires somebody else to say, yes, they do. Then it comes down to where is that money in the trust and how accessible is it? And frequently when talking with people that have trust, they just assume it can be used. Sometimes it can and sometimes it can't. But don't assume just because you have a lot of money in a trust account 
that you can use it, okay, for your down payment. Well, so why, the other thing. why wouldn't they be able to get access to their own trust money if, if they have a trust? What were some of the things yep. that would keep them from getting it? Other people being on the trust. Oh, like a sibling. Sometimes, yeah, you got siblings on the trust, okay? Uh, another thing is they think they can use the trust as income. The trust is considered an asset. It cannot be used for income qualifying. You cannot annuitize a trust. Now, you can annuitize assets that are held in, say, 401Ks, IRAs, SEPs, uh, 403Bs, all those types of things. But now that's a completely different sub- subject when we talk about annuitizing. Yeah. But it's strictly considered an asset, and it can be used as a down payment. Okay. Or to even maybe pay off a house or to buy a house for cash. Okay, so but let's... you got to understand, do you, do, you, do you have access? Yeah, that's a good thing. And so if you have a trust, you'd want to find all of this sort of thing out. Right. Uh, if you don't know where to start, then I would suggest that you give Phil a call and start with him, and he can help you walk through those steps. Uh, Phil, what's your phone number? 651-238-6748. Phil Olson with cross-country mortgage. Okay. Let's talk about some of our retirees that may have uh, decided that they're they're fed up with being retired. They <laughs> can only sweep so many uh, dust bunnies and such in their kitchen. They've taken a part-time job. And how can that affect them positively or negatively? There's always, there's always a rule to everything, Mimi, and it's called the two-year rule. We have okay. rules that are two years, three years, that will fall into a two-year bracket. You have to show a two-year average of part-time income. We have to take a two-year average of that income. And if it's part-time, we have to be able to calculate it based on what's called stability of income. Okay. So if you work, if you work five hours one week and you work 35 the next, and then the following week is 23, and then the following week is 40, there's no way for an underwriter to calculate your income. If you're part-time and you want to count that income, it would be best that you're working at least a minimum of 27 hours, as an example, every week. Mm -hmm. And guess what? If you work 30 and 35, the underwriter is going to use 27 because they're going to go with a worst-case scenario. Okay. But the key is a two-year part-time work history. Okay. Well, let's talk about rental income. So some of our retirees may have been investors and they may still have tenants in place and they're getting maybe positive cash flow. How do you look at that for a retiree? Well, I'm going I'm to take this into what's called border income. All right. There are so many people out there that have a relative living with them and their relative pays them $500 a month. Believe it or not, border income can be used to qualify as income towards that next purchase. The key is, is that consumer must sign a lease agreement with that relative and then have that relative pay them the exact amount per the lease. And if they do that for two years, so let's say my daughter lives with me, is helping me with the mortgage, she's paying me $1,000 a month, but I don't have a lease agreement, and she pays me cash, check, whatever, it's not the same amount all the time, that income could not be used for qualifying purposes. Okay. But if they set up a lease agreement 
and they pay $1,000 every month, and daughter is going to help me buy that next home, I can count that income. Even though she may not be working, I could count that in- income from the daughter for qualifying purposes towards debt-to-income ratio and for price point. Okay. Okay, so that has to be official. So when you talked about the daughter paying cash, how do you document cash? That is the worst case scenario. It can't be documented unless you could show a bank statement of $1,000 being deposited by her, and then she could provide you some form of receipt, money order, uh, receipt, or something like that. I would tell you if you have a border income, you have a family member, you have them wire the funds from their bank account to your bank account. That's one form of sourcing. Mm -hmm. Or you have that family member write you a check on a monthly basis for the same amount every single month. Okay, so for for somebody who's just listening to this, and maybe this applies to them, but they don't really have the lease in place, Mm -hmm. can they go and backdate a lease? If they've got payment history with checks, could they make the lease for two years ago? Or would it have to be stopped that would today? Be, that, that, would be, that would be a question, Mimi, that I would want to talk to my underwriter on because when we talk about backdating documentation, that then goes down the road of potential fraud. Yeah. But based on, based on what you're telling me, it sounds feasible that if you can provide a 24-month history of checks being paid and they're the same amount every single month, I think I could convince an underwriter that we have a quasi-lease agreement already established. Okay. Okay. So that's a maybe, not a no. Right. I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Let's talk about pension income and how you handle that. Pension income. Pension income can be used immediately after you show at least a 60-day history of payments being received. So let's say somebody is receiving, it is pension. Well, now we're talking pension or 401k. They're, t- they're two different things. Pension. Okay. Pension. I believe, and I mean, this would be something I'd want to research, but I believe pension income can be used immediately as long as we can receive. It is a document that states that, one, it's a lifetime benefit. Two, the pension states how much is going to be paid out initially and as soon as the consumer receives their first month's pension that income could be used now with 401k it's totally different because you work with your financial planner to determine how much you're going to get paid then the question comes down how much you're paid and how long will that money last okay is there some sort of rule about how long it should last yes great question the money must last at least for three years. So if you're being paid $2,000 a month on your 401k and you only have a balance of 50000 in 25 months, that money will be gone. And if you're thinking about buying a home, the three-year rule comes into play because it's not going to be income you receive after three years. You must show that you're going to be receiving this income longer than three years in order to use that income to qualify. Okay, so what about a non-occupant co-buyer? What has been your experience uh, with that particular uh, situation helping retirees? A non-occupant co-buyer, I've done it many times where 
I have son or daughter, okay, let's just say mom, okay, is getting, you know, $700 a month in Social Security, but she's receiving dividend income and she's receiving other income, but maybe due to timeline guidelines doesn't qualify. We can then bring a non-occupant co-borrower onto the loan to qualify so they can buy the house. And then I would help that consumer that just bought their home solidify their income stream and down the road help them refinance that son or daughter back off the loan. So it's basically a temporary way of facilitating a purchase transaction. Okay. One couple more questions. So if a parent were to help somebody buy a house because they were going through a situation and they sold the house back or they refied the house back when the daughter or son was able to purchase, would, in your opinion, there be any sort of tax or capital gains issue for the parent? Great question. If they buy the home for 350000 and they sell it to their daughter for 350000 there was no profit made. I, of course, would tell you to talk with a tax preparer or a CPA or an accountant. But my understanding is that since there was no profits received, it's a standard sale with no profit. There's no, no gain. There'd be no tax because there's a zero gain. That was my thoughts exactly. Okay, so we've got one more minute before we head into the break. We do want to remind everybody to check out all of our wonderful links that we've got posted. Um, And be sure and check out this beautiful Red Hot House. You can get information about it by uh, texting 144486 to the number 25678 and the address 10828 Trenton Lane in beautiful Maple Grove. We've got the link posted on our show page. Um, and we have lots of other really good information. We have a, a infographic posted about how if you buy a $300,000 house today, you're in five years, you will have made about $54,000 in gain. So be sure and check out all the links that we post and text your real estate and mortgage questions to 651-578-2218. And how do we get a hold of you, Phil, as well? You can reach me at 651-238-6748 or phil at 